we go. This is it. Episode number 177 of No Laugh Track Podcast. This is Justin Severson, the host. Thank you to Circle of Heat, as always, for letting us play uh, your music there at the beginning. Uh, we're back to normal this week. Last week we did a, we recorded Wednesday evening after Derek Hughes' uh, big comedy and magic show here at Acme, and we even had a live audience, which was really cool. And uh, we're going to plan on doing that again. So if there's somebody you really want to come and see, you know, contact me on Twitter or Facebook, and uh, we'll get a crowd in here and let you uh, watch a live recording on No Laugh Track. I really enjoyed it. I have a guest that's back this week. I saw her, I think, like a week or so ago. We... Little hug, and then she hit the road, and um, where was that? I, I refresh my memory. Where, I think I was coming into town. It was on stuff. Yes, Tracy Ashley is now speaking. Yes, hello everybody. Hi, hi. Yeah, you were. Uh, I was. Was it last week? And I was talking to Derek. You popped in and then hit the road. Or was it the week before? It might have been the week before. I try, I've been gone. I've been on the road for a bit. I I, I came through. Oh, I, it was last week because I was doing North Dakota State. And I came through to pick up Earl uh, Earl Elliott. That's Earl right. And I went to go do the the show in Fargo. You increased and the black population of Fargo by two people. Fa- yeah, by two people, which is a hundred percent. And it was so funny because we we got all the way up there, and I get we do the show, and the you know the uh, advisor there was telling us, you know how. The crowds are really quiet. They don't really laugh that much. Like, this is the setup she's giving us before the show. We get up on stage. Earl gets up and just destroys, just kills it. Yeah. And then I go up, have another great set. And they loved it. And we were, I was like, I thought you said they were going to be quiet. And she's like, I was shocked. You know, I just feel like sometimes they, like, hold them back a little bit. Uh-huh. But they, they loved it. And then she told us, that actually, before the show, they had an obscenity clause that we weren't really supposed to swear. But she was okay with it if we did a little. Oh. And it was so funny. Right out the shoot, Earl, Earl does a joke, and he says, fuck, right away. <laughs> 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 he called no attention to it. He just kept on going, though. Nice. It was great. Nice, was nice, great. nice. <laughs> so uh, if people listening right now have heard a little uh, quiet laugh in the background there that wasn't mine, and it wasn't yours, Tracy, mm-hmm. because you were speaking. And if you can do that, do it again because that's right? really cool if i can do that i need to be on america's got talent <laughs> yeah tracy why don't you introduce our special guest we have that you brought along today i brought along my friend and my manager actually uh but he's also a friend yeah david himmelfarb all the way from los angeles look at that david well hello out there in podcast land <laughs> yeah have you have you been on a podcast before this is my first podcast i've witnessed several but i've never actually been involved in one myself okay well thank you this is great this was a great surprise well i thought david would be a good addition because he is he like he just has a wealth of, of historical stories i call them yeah yeah from, of, from the business and i think they're really interesting that's awesome so uh yeah if you feel free to hop in and uh you know if you have quite uh stories that you want him to share what tracy's f- saying free. is i'm old <laughs> that is not at all. He's wise. <laughs> he knows a lot. <laughs> well, I, you know what? I'm going to start with you, David. How did? Uh, well, who wants to tell the story? How, where did you guys? How long have you been? A, oh. There been a relationship uh, here? Uh, uh, I went to see an, a taping of uh, Last Comic Standing. I had a client who was a finalist, and uh, uh, I was watching the people who were up before her. And I and and I was starting to count in my head who who was really good and who was likely to make the finals and and my uh, and Tracy got up and my heart sunk because she was so good that I knew my client had no chance of making the top ten. Wow! <laughs> but she did though. She did. She did. <laughs> she did. She did. Okay. Uh, but uh, it was not. You know, I was so blown away by Tracy's performance, and I heard that she wasn't represented. And my then partner and I went out and 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 signed her immediately. I just thought. It's, it was it was such an incredible that a talent of that level was was unrepresented was was in, was insane to me, 
And uh, it's, it's, it's a treat representing her. Every time I go into a meeting with her, I'm pinching myself that I'm bringing somebody of, of this level of imagination wow. and talent into that. the room. Oh, that means a lot. Thank no, you, David. Well, uh, okay. Now, why, Tracy, why didn't you have representation at that point? How, how did he get so lucky to nab you well, I think, at that time? Well, I've been working, you know, when you, I don't live in L.A., right? I don't yeah. live in New York. And everybody would always say, get to L.A., get to New York. But I remember years and years ago working with a very famous comic named Louis C.K. It was a long time ago. He was headlining here. Yeah. He was actually working on a half hour that he was doing on HBO. And I was so excited to work with him, and I was in the green room, and I wanted to hang out with him. And he was really honest with me. He's like, look, I don't, I'm not trying to hang out. You know, it kind of broke my heart, but he was being real. He's like, I'm not trying to hang out. I'm really focusing on this. He goes, but you want some advice. And I said, yeah. And he said, uh, get really funny before you get out to L.A. and New York. You know, he said, get on the road. Get some experience. Get really funny. And he said, and if you're that funny, someone will hear about you. You will get opportunity. But keep writing. And... uh and I, and I was like, okay. So I just I just took that to heart and just kept doing that. And I think because I've been traveling so much, I was doing colleges. Not, I was doing some clubs, but I started making more money doing colleges. And I also got a chance to do more time. I got to do an hour. Yeah. So I was able to build. So I think I just stayed away. Nobody had heard of me or knew of me. Okay. Because I, I started getting... You know, a little, you know, as comics go through our little comic depression, I start going, why hasn't anybody picked me up yet? Why hasn't anybody called me? And a friend said, Tracy, nobody knows you're here. She's like, you're out here. You're in North Dakota doing shows. You're in Kentucky. You're down in Florida. Nobody knows. So uh, what happened was I got a call from Paige Hurwitz, who was working with Last Comic Standing before the show, to do a show called Hilarious oh, for yeah. Wanda Sykes. Yeah. Well, Wanda Sykes saw a clip of me from my college agent. Um, on online and she had asked that I be part of the show so I went and did the show and thankfully I ended up getting like a standing ovation at the taping yeah and that performance is what then got me people started going oh who's Tracy Ashley then I got on last comic and that's how that you know got to LA and when I did that show in LA that night it was a great I, it was a great set yeah but I really felt at that moment I was ready I wasn't okay. ready before okay but I was ready then. Oh, perfect timing. So how do, so how does a how does a manager um, how does he get you? I mean, you could he came up and said, "Hey, I want to represent you." Uh, I mean, you could have. I don't know how it went. You could have gone. Oh, really? Well, I got five more people here that are willing to do it for. Well, at the time, actually, did you play hardball? No, I didn't play hardball with anybody. At the time, a few people were talking to me, and I and not a ton, but there were a few, and I was very I was excited about that. But I just felt like I I. Uh, I talked to a friend of mine who knew David. Uh, can I say this? Yeah, Mark Gross. Mark Gross has worked here. Mark is a funny comedian. Everybody knows Mark. Mark is now a writer and I think executive produ- one of the producers for Mike and Molly. Oh, wow. And so I called Mark, and Mark knew David because he'd worked with David. And I'll let David tell you more about that on other shows. And Mark spoke highly of David. And he said, that's the guy you want to get with. Okay, okay. And so I feel good about my decision. Yeah. <laughs> The reason Mark said that is my, most of my career has been dedicated to building sitcoms for stand-ups. Uh, and it, Mark was for many years the writer and opening act for Rodney Carrington. Oh, yeah. And I uh, I made a deal with Rodney. I brought Ro- sold Rodney to ABC. And we, we actually made 44 episodes of a, of a show starring Rodney. And Mark we brought Mark onto the writing staff and uh, kind of out of his indentured servitude to Rodney. Uh, and that's that's how that's how he and I uh, started. But I uh, I developed a lot of shows for stand-ups, including uh, 
the most famous being Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, wow. Uh, I was head of comedy at CBS. I was the guy who said, yeah, that Ray Romano guy, he's funny. No let's, kidding. Let's do him, yeah. Every night, if you, if you take enough shots, eventually you're going to be right. <laughs> does your, so does your name on the credits at the end of these shows? Uh, some of them on Rodney and on my wife and kids, Damon Wayne's show. I was executive producer of that show. My credit's actually at the beginning of that show. Very cool. Um, but unfortunately, I was an executive when we did uh, Raymond. If I'd been a producer, I, I would be somewhere drinking an umbrella drink instead, <laughs> instead of here. <laughs> well, that, you know, that does. So you live in L.A.? I do. And how do you, how often do you come to the cold Midwest here, especially now it's, it's December? It's what are you rare. doing here? This is my first time ever in Minneapolis. Oh, really? My entire life. And I Interesting. I'm devastated the Mary Tyler Moore statue isn't up. I can't I, They I just saw that in the news. They are they're moving it or they're something, moving, right? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. there's some construction on Nicollet Mall. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> but I, I you know, when an important client is doing something important, I like to be there. Uh and that that's part of what being a manager is all about uh, is being there for your clients when they need you, uh, both emotionally and content-wise, and uh, that's why I'm here. I'm here to help Tracy uh, get this show uh, that's been building inside of her for years to get it out. Yeah, that's a perfect way to start talking about what's going on this week, Tracy. Yeah. There's cool posters all around this club with your fa- a cartoon yes. of you, which is really good looking. That yes. looks great. I, oh, and I feel bad about. It. I can't think of the guy's last name right now, but we're gonna we gotta give him credit. But he he did that. A friend, Maggie Fair. I think it's Doug. Uh, oh, I feel so bad. Oh, he's got. I feel horrible. But yeah, I have to get his. I have to give him credit. He did a great job with that mm-hmm. poster. I'll have to find his name. I feel horrible. But um. Yeah, we're we're doing a show called Crew Stories. At least that's the working title right now. And I've I've always wanted to do a one woman show since I was young. First one woman show I ever saw that I fell in love with was Whoopi Goldberg when she did a show many many years ago. Yeah, and she did all these different characters, uh-huh. and I was so impressed by that. I'd always I was that's really been a dream, but I, it's been a quiet dream because I just didn't think I had anything to talk about. And then I started talking to a friend of mine, Mark Gross, years ago about uh, a cruise ship, about how I used to be a cruise director on a cruise ship. And he thought I was on a glamorous ship. And I said, no, I was on a crappy ship. I said, it was a janky ass (laughs) ship. I said, Mark, our ship broke down in the middle of the ocean. The generator would go out. We hit the pier. He was like, what? And he goes, that's a TV show. Yeah. And um, he told me, he said, you know, you should start talking about that on stage. And I tried to do it in my act. And it was kind of hard to get people in in stand-up to really grasp it. You could do quick jokes, but it was a little hard for me. Uh-huh. So Mark had said, you know, why don't you do a one-woman show? And I put it off and put it off. And then finally we had the opportunity. Uh, someone had suggested it. And so uh, we're working on a project. And I thought, well, let me go ahead and do this. So I went to a friend's cabin for seven days up on Madeline Island. And we sat and we wrote and we wrote and we wrote. And I rehashed all the stories. And we're still writing and still editing and making changes. But last night was the first night I got a chance to do it here at Acme. Oh, okay. And which I was, I'm so grateful that, you know, Lewis, because I mentioned this to Lewis Lee, I was going to try to rent out a theater space because yeah. this is not stand up. Right. And Lewis was great. He said, no, we're, we'll have you come do it here. We'll do it on Tuesday and Wednesday night. And he said, we'll invite the insiders. So tonight is the insider night. Mm-hmm. So it should be pretty packed. Last night yeah. was more of us like a trial run through. Okay. And I was excited because. I got laughs. There was there were people were laughing and they seemed to enjoy it. 
So now I'm I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable tonight about tonight's performance. Did you ad- did you address the crowd saying, "Hey, this is the first kind of run here"? I had the MC tell you everybody, did. and I yeah. think I'm going to write something for him to say tonight to make it really clear because I mean this is really raw, yeah. you know. Um, but I'm I went home last night and I couldn't sleep because I was really excited. Uh, we had a meeting like afterwards and we talked about it, and it was just great to know that. There was interest. People were laughing. This can be interesting. It, um, so I, I don't know. I'm excited about another vehicle that I can, you know, work. Yeah. So do you – okay. So you're trying it out this week at Acme. Yes. And Just then, tonight, t- uh, last night and tonight. That's right. Yeah, tonight yeah. and uh, last night. And then Tommy Jonigan's going to be here coming. Good friend. Yeah, I love weekend. Tommy. Yep. He'll be here this weekend. And uh, where is it going to go next? I mean, what do you have, bo- what do you have booked next? Well, I'm doing. I'm still. I'm still touring okay. right now. So I. I'm gonna. I'm so excited. This is my. La- I go home, and this is my last week of colleges. So I have some more schools I have to do, and then I have my holiday break, and then I tour. I do a lot of schools in January. Okay. I'm actually gonna be back. <laughs> it's probably the worst time to be doing these colleges. I'm in North Dakota, <laughs> South Dakota, Minnesota, all in January. Doing Brilliant. like. I'm in Minot at Minot State. I'm at South Dakota State. I'm doing St. Cloud State all in January. And I think one run is a very last week in January. So you know it's going to be brutal. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll be heading into February. I'll be heading out to L.A. for, for a while. Okay. Okay. So uh, you saw the show last night, David. Yes. Can you, can you give a review? Well, it was it was a terrific show in that uh, we learned an enormous amount about what's working and what isn't. And I think it... It really gave Tracy the opportunity to see the whole thing as a piece and to uh, to talk about it in in a, in a broader sense. Do you, uh, uh, as a manager, is it part of your job to give positive or negative feedback, or do you keep your distance? For the- um, that's that's one of those difficult questions. Uh, uh, I th- I think you know uh, I've I've been a producer most of my career. And every manager is a producer. Uh-huh. Uh, and what you really want is a situation where you can help your client do the best show that is going to make them the most successful. And uh, you have a lot of tools at your disposal, and you try and use the right ones at the right time. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm an empowerer. That's my style as a manager. A lot of managers uh, control their clients through negativity, and I, I do the opposite. I... Uh, I try and uh, yeah, give them as much positive feedback and encourage them to to see things as clearly as they can, so that they they can improve uh, their acts and they can get to that next level. What what would be controlling through negativity? Um, you know, a, a manager who tells his clients, you know, without me, you're nothing. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I I can think of you've a couple- had that. I can think of a couple of famous managers who do that, but the the manager who who I kind of stole my whole act from is Bernie Brill, the late Bernie Brillstein. Okay, and, I've heard that name. And uh, Ber- Bernie represented, you know, almost the original cast of Saturday Night Live, Belushi and Aykroyd and all those guys, and uh, he represented the Muppets, and <laughs> he, you know, he's an amazing story. But I, I got fired by CBS the year after I developed Everett Rose Raymond. And I was going to the, my wife just wanted me out of the house, and she sent me out to the to the laugh factory on Sunset one night. And I was sitting there, and Bernie plops down next to me, and says, "How you doing, kid?" He, I don't know if if you know Bernie Brillstein, but he's a, a big round Jewish guy from 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 originally from Manhattan. And uh, uh, he said, "Ah, don't worry about it. You know, I was I was 54 before I made any money in this business." said, how old are you? And I said, well, I'm 40-something or other. He said, oh, don't worry about it. You're going to be fine. 
Don't worry about it. And just that this this guy who who we all revered would you know would move move himself to say something like that to me uh, was an enormous help. And sure enough, I got back on my feet two years later. I was producing the Damon Wayans show, my wife and kids. Yeah, wow. So, uh, but but you know, Ber- Bernie's always been my role model, and uh, you know he he do- did it by encouraging and empowering people. And I think that you try and get your clients to to reach as high as they possibly can and find their own greatness. And sometimes you have to show them their own greatness. What what do you think of? I have one more question about this. What do you, do you what do you think of the? Um... I'm picturing like any so many TV shows, movies I've seen where the manager, this stereotypical manager, mm-hmm. they're never, really never in that good of a light. You know, what what do you well, think of Rodney, that? Rodney, we used Jane Lynch to play his manager. I was, oh, I always thought that that was inspired. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because it's always you know I'm thinking of like the uh, what is Ricky Gervais's buddy where they go in and uh, oh yeah uh, you know and it's like and he's not even listening to him like are you gonna give me a gig and he's just you know he's looking at porn on his computer he's not <laughs> trying to get him a job. <laughs> who uh, who are some of the uh, who was your first client? How does well? I only, you know, honestly, I've, I haven't been a manager for most of my career. I was, a, I was a producer, and uh, um, I produced a number of shows. Rodney, my wife and kids, yeah, did a show called Kyle XY about a kid with no belly button. <laughs> uh, it was on ABC Family for those of you who remember it. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, uh, I got to a point in my career where uh, uh, the the man I couldn't produce anymore because all people I wanted to produce were represented by managers and their managers were producing them. Oh, okay. So it was either, you know, join the herd or retire. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So okay. I, I became a manager out of, out of necessity, not entirely by choice. Huh. Because, okay. Because, you know, what I like to do is uh, I enjoy the, 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 I enjoy assembling shows and uh, having this, you know, a manager, you spend a lot of time calling up club owners, getting your clients dates or fixing problems or making sure they, they, they pay for the hotel. <laughs> And you know that that's not as much fun as fixing a joke on page five. Sure. But, how, how often are you at comedy clubs then? Uh, usually about two or three nights a week. Okay. Uh, I go to support my clients, but also to see new people. And yeah. if you don't go out, you're never going to find people. And yeah, you know, about once or twice a year, you find somebody new, and it's really it's always incredibly gratifying. I bet. I uh... but most of the time, it's, you know, it's dull. <laughs> Well, I'm impressed you finally made it to Minneapolis. It's about time. Me too. It's really cool here. I got to say, this North Loop neighborhood uh, is full of fa- fa- fabulous shops and great restaurants. It's, it's incredible. Are you going to stay in town for a little bit here and do some? Uh... I'm going to leave tomorrow. You leave tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I got work, work, and I got a, I got, I got a family. I still have a kid at home, so I got, I got reasons to be back in L.A. I, uh, I want to get your. Uh... Both of your opinions on, especially Tracy. Sure. Um, since you're doing a one woman show, I looked up one woman shows. Okay. On, online. Okay. And do you know who's doing one right now? Is Erica Badu. Is she yes. awesome? That's great. I love Erica Badu. Okay. What? I'm, and I'm sure she's obviously singing, which is amazing. That's going to be an amazing one woman show. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna read a little bit of this to you. She's uh she went to Dallas, Texas to put on a one woman show called Live Nudity. 
Uh, though she'd previously said she didn't really uh, have time to write a 60-minute show, she flat out admitted that she was making this shit up right now at the beginning of her first wow, performance. Wow, okay. Yep. Uh, How uh, did that go? Well, someone said it felt in many ways like a sloppy dress rehearsal for something that might turn into something better later on. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she wore a sock puppet at one point <laughs> uh, while using a Rosie Perez accent. Is she stealing any of your ideas? No, okay. none. None at all. So uh, far, so so far, so good. <laughs> no, we don't have any sock puppets. No sock puppets. <laughs> okay. Uh, buh, 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 buh. Yeah. So in the end, uh, it says Badu may not be Broadway bound with her own material. Uh, but, Ooh. Uh, there's some pictures here you can Okay. Post so she may but, not uh, be Broadway bound. Yeah. You know what? Listen, this is not easy. This is not easy at all. I mean, it takes this is just the first time I've ever performed it. And I really see the wow, there's more work I still have to do. Now, are you going into characters like uh, a little bit? I'm you know, it's weird. This is a girl. This is a one woman show. But, you know, I'm it's it's weird. Like I um, my background, you know, I grew up. I was in speech and debate. I did dramatic interpretation in college. So I remember where I would have to just do a scene where I would just do character voices here and there, but really I'm telling a story. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I'm still, it's it's a one woman show, but I feel like I'm telling just telling stories. Yeah, yeah. And I do go back and forth and do some characters, but not as not as great as Whoopi Goldberg did. It's nothing like that. Maybe it will develop into that, but right now it's just me telling the stories and like I'll pop a few characters here and there, but not much. Sure. You know, I think what's really different uh, for for Tracy and for anyone who does a one-person one show after being a stand-up is that you're telling stories and you have to learn to be comfortable with dramatic moments, with with ending a a, a, seg- a segment without a laugh. But not, not <laughs> look at the look and, on her face. And <laughs> for, for, for it's got to be. For not going for the joke because what you're going for is, is the deep-down emotion. You're trying to connect with an audience in an entirely different way. And I think that's what it really takes to getting used to. At, at, uh, at one point in the set last night, I even said to the audience, I'm almost done because I got in my head because I'm doing, you know, telling this story. And like he's saying, there's no there's not a punchline. Yeah. And it's so quiet. And I'm at Acme and I'm used to boom and laughter. And and I mean, I eventually would get laughs. But there's also that there's a dramatic part, you yeah. know, where it's not funny or what. And I was like, that was hard for me. I did not think it would be that difficult. But I kept fighting like. Oh, why is it so quiet? Oh, wow. oh and I, and then I'm, I had to say I'm almost done. And I'm like, why did you say that? Oh, really? Yeah, oh. don't do that. So you know, and quiet is the sound of failure for standups. It is, it is. And after after the show, a few of the comics were here. They were like, Tracy, it was going fine. Don't don't worry about that. You know, this is interesting. They were laughing in parts and enjoying it. Don't worry about that. So I'm going to remember that tonight. Now, when you when this is a do you have any idea, like when it's a final product, how long it's going to be? I'm thinking 45 minutes to an hour, yeah. maybe yeah. something like that. I think that's what we're shooting for. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But right now, I'm only. Uh, I think last night it was close to 40 minutes. Okay. So, because I, you know, we have a headliner and you know we have a full show. Yeah. But normally, if I was just by myself, it would be about 45 minutes to an hour. Okay. Is what I'm shooting for. And then there's the signs when people walk into Acme that it says that uh, you're filming. Is yes. that for your show? I am filming. Yeah. Well, filming for the sh- for uh, for a lot of purposes we have to film for it. So we've got some things going on that we're working yeah. on, but we just don't wanna... we, we want to it's a, it, the uh the filming is a tool for us to look at what she's doing and see what's working and what's not and where we need to address stuff. Okay. Special effects and green screen, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're trying, you know, I honestly we're trying to keep it as simple as possible. 
you know, and just really focus on the stories. Like, I don't want to have like some big set, you know, and all these other distractions. Mm -hmm. So I just want to kind of bring people into the world of cruising and what what this raggedy ship was like. But (laughs) but it was the love of my life. Yeah, yeah. What I want is I want people to to get used to hearing Tracy's voice because I think they're going to be hearing a lot more of it. Oh, look at that. Aww. Great. Yeah. That's the good thing about having it. Like, I love what he said about being a, a positive reinforcement because I have, I, I haven't, I had like a, a couple of people who helped me along a little bit. They kind of managed me, but they weren't really my managers. And they did work that way. A lot mm-hmm. of it was negative, mm-hmm. always negative feedback. And I, I hated that. I'm like, why would you? And I, I think they thought, well, if, we, if I'm negative, it'll make her work harder. It'll make her know she has more to work on. But I'm... I'm not a, some kid. You know what I mean? I've, I'm, in, I'm older. You know, like I've lived, I've worked jobs, I've been touring. You don't need to be negative. Be, just be honest. You know, yeah. be honest. I, David will give me critiques that are not always great. Okay. He'll tell me, right, no, that wasn't this, that wasn't that. But you know what? That's what I want. Mm-hmm. But I don't like it when a, I had one guy actually tell me, we went to a meeting uh, with a production company, and I had submitted some stories to these people, and he had told me they they didn't like my they well they didn't like it they didn't like your writing they didn't like you they didn't like it and he said that yeah and then we go to the meeting and they loved it they pulled out my stories we love this line here where you said this we love all this stuff and so after the meeting we went to had lunch and i said why would you tell me that they hated it and then they sat in the meeting and told me they loved it and he said well I wanted you to work more I wanted you to write more and I said to him I'll never forget I said to him in the dining room I don't work well that way Mm-mm. don't ever do that to me okay good I'll for you that. yeah 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 I told him I said don't ever I said don't ever do that to me I said I'd, I've been down that road before I've had enough negative in my life if you're going to be on my team, I need you to, to be positive. What was the point of you telling me that? And then I get there. So now I'm confused. Right. I'm like, are they lying? You know? Yeah. No, they loved everything. And, it was, and they remembered lines that I wrote. And they actually, actually, one of the women who in the meeting, she said, uh, she was, and I love the way you phrased this. This is perfect. And I'm like looking at him like, you just told me they hated everything. <laughs> <laughs> David, you, you, I liked your reaction to that. Is it... Uh, are stories like that common? Uh, yes, more more common than one could possibly imagine. I mean, I have uh, a good friend who's a very successful manager uh, who's been involved with some huge, some of the biggest names in Hollywood. I won't mention the, his or her name, but uh, he controls his clients by by you know, making them feel they're one step away from from being out of show business. And uh, you know, it, it, it's and I did a show with one of his clients, and it was very difficult. Uh, but that's, but the the clients needed that. His clients needed that emotionally, and that's why they gravitated to him. Uh, I couldn't manage someone like that. But there are also a lot of people. You know, being being positive doesn't work for them. They need to be told that, that they're you know, especially comedians. Com- you know, if if comedians are, if you give your kid a happy childhood, he will never be a comedian. <laughs> But you see, but for me, I've, I I agree with him in some ways on that. I didn't have the happiest childhood, mm-hmm. but I feel. But I'm older now, you know. I'm Go not, back to old I'm episodes. I'm not twenty no some years you old, you know. It. So it's like I feel like I've I, I've learned and experienced. Mm-hmm. I get that. You can be honest with me and just say, Tracy, that sucked. <laughs> It'll hurt my feelings, but at least I know. Yeah. And I I appreciate that better than making up some lie that oh they hated it and blah blah blah, and then to find out no they really did they loved it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Wow, I'm I'm so proud of you, Tracy. You're putting this thing together. That's awesome. Thank you. I'm trying. I'm starting to get a little tougher in this business. People used to tell me I'm too nice and too afraid, and I'm trying to step it up and you know not and have more confidence. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna throw this in here real quick, only because I'm so excited about it. I as we talked briefly before we started recording, I got married just a couple weeks ago, and we just congratulations. Thank you. We just booked our honeymoon. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Where are you going? We're gonna go to Jamaica. Oh, I've been there many times. Not on a cruise. We're okay. not doing the cruise. We're flying. But I want thoughts on Jamaica. Where are you going? Montego Bay, Ocho Rios? N- Negril. You're going to Negril. Yeah. Oh. Negril. Negril, yeah. I can remember sleeping on the, on the beach in Negril in a tent like 20 years ago. Negril is a blast. Okay, good. Uh, uh, good, good. There's cliff diving. There's, you know, it, it's wild. It's the Wild West. Yeah. It's the most romantic place in Jamaica, I think. Because yeah, cause all the other places like Montego Bay and Ocho Rios, they're so overdeveloped. They're touristed out. Uh, and even Port Antonio feels old-fashioned. But Negril is, you know, it's where it's at. That's right. Oh, Negril, this is good to hear. If I remember, Negril has the white sandy beaches, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Seven miles long. Yes. That's right. So it's beautiful. And also there's a club called, there's a, a resort called Hedonism uh-huh. in Negril. Uh-huh. Y'all, you need to stay away from there. We're not, yeah, we're, no. <laughs> I don't know if hedonism still exists. There's a lot of nightlife. Yes. It's fun. The grill is, if you have all the places in Jamaica, that's the place I think you should go, and you guys will have a good time. They, good, good, good. We're staying at a, uh, we booked a, an adults only, uh, all inclusive. That might be, you, you're not staying, it might be hedonism. Maybe no, it's, it's not. An, it's no, not? Okay. It's small. It only has like 85 uh, hotel rooms in this okay. place. It's, it's, well, just be ready to, that you'll have some surprises, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have you will have some stories to tell. Yeah, when I told my wife that it's all uh, adults only, mm-hmm. she because I switched the the place we're staying in the last minute when I was booking, and then I said adults only. She said, "Does that mean everyone's walking around naked?" I said, "I don't think so." You uh, might be surprised. Uh, maybe you yeah. might be. The, the grill is uh, well, interesting. You know, uh, a lot of the islands, you know, are very European, and you get. These resorts where all the women go topless. Yeah. Oh well, that's. I mean, you can't in Saint they, yeah, no. Saint Bart's. You know, I, I don't think there's a bikini top on the whole island. <laughs> I'll leave mine at home. <laughs> Just don't bring your binoculars. To- <laughs> that would be very awkward for your wife. They do sell those. Um, I saw it on Groupon yesterday. You can buy a little. Uh, a little adapter to make your iPhone like a powerful camera. Have you guys seen those? I've seen those. It's a little yes, tiny adapter. I've seen those, and they have different levels of yes. them. Yes, I thought about getting it. <laughs> <laughs> now that would work on yeah. a, on a beach. Yeah. That that would be uh... definitely take lots of pictures. It's gonna. And you guys are. Just, how long are you going for? Six nights. Oh, you're gonna have the best time, right? Really. So just enjoy. I mean, if you can go rafting, I don't know if they do rafting up over there, but if you can go rafting, that's kind of romantic to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just just lounge and yeah. relax and enjoy and enjoy everything, the food, everything. Yeah. Try the local cuisine. Try jerk chicken. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, they they serve it. It's part of the every day. It's available. Great and curried goat. Those are the two best things in Jamaica. Curried goat. Yeah. Are you screwing you're, you're with dri- me? Driving along the roads in Jamaica, there'll be a stand like a ramshackle stand. Looks like kids build it, and it'll have the best food you ever ate. Yeah. Know. I've heard that. I've heard that. Oh, I'm so excited. And everybody will be offering you ganja everywhere you go. Okay. I, that's the number one thing. I remember I used to tell the passengers on the ships, when you get off and you're you know walking around, I go, you're going to get offered stuff. Say no, because you can't bring it on the ship. <laughs> and uh, it, it was um, unbelievable. Do you realize almost every cruise, we had someone who got arrested, Had to, we had to leave them behind. Yeah. we. It, we there was one guy, I will never forget this. He um, went off the ship with nothing came back with two briefcases 
And I was like, is he stupid? Does he think nobody nobody sees these two big brown suitcases? And he's trying to, like, he literally thought it would be that easy. Yeah. And he got arrested like that. Two briefcases full of marijuana. Come on. <laughs> my buddy told me I should bring back coffee. Oh, my gosh. Blue Mountain Coffee. Blue Mountain Best coffee right? ever. Yes. Okay. You got to get Blue Mountain Coffee. Yeah. You will, you'll never want to drink a different. I love Blue Mountain Coffee. It's one of my favorites. And they have, they have reggae music there, like rec- CDs and, and, and records you can't buy in the States. Yes. I love reggae. They have great. Obviously, you know, Jamaica's the home of reggae. That's yeah. right. Uh-huh. That's right. It's great music. It's just a great feel feeling when you're there. Yeah. You'll enjoy it. When, when are you guys leaving? Like in, a, in January, the middle of January. That's the perfect time right? to go. Perfect time. Yes. I did just find out it's the week that Psy is headlining here. Oh. <laughs> so I'm going to miss wow. that. I'm kind of bummed about that. Man. Yeah. And I just saw him like a second ago. Yeah, he, he was, was here Monday. I saw him popped, the other night. popped his head in. He's doing really well. Uh, th- now we're going to get real controversial here. Uh-oh. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Adele or Taylor Swift? For me, Adele. Adele? Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. Really? Why would you say really? That's good, but... I, and here's the thing. I enjoy Taylor Swift. She, she's one of those people for me, I'll hear a song the first time and I'm like, what is this? And then I, it's so catchy. You know, you just get into it. But Adele, I, I love vocalists. I'm a real... You know, I was just telling David earl- earlier how I love all the old jazz singers. I like a real strong singer. And for me, Adele is is that. Well... Let me tell you something, lady. Your gal, who I who is forever in my mind going to be connected to you, Oprah. Mm-hmm. Did you hear what she said about Taylor Swift? What she this said. Is why you may want to change your answer here. Where she did didn't you? pick Adele. No, no. I'm trying to find my little story here. Uh, but but where is it here? Uh, oh yeah, here we go. Oprah respects Taylor Swift so much it, that it makes her cry. Literally. Well, I believe. Here's the thing about that. I can agree with that. I mean, I, she's young and so successful. I see. I could. I don't think she would choose. She's not choosing one over the other. She's just saying. I believe. You know. I. I totally see that. Look at. I. Uh, I remember doing a college show years ago, and Taylor Swift had signed the wall at the college. She was doing college shows. Oh wow! And so I made sure and signed my name right next to Taylor Swift. <laughs> Because I hope I was hoping I could get a little bit of that angel dust that yeah. Taylor Swift. No, she's extremely talented. And then you put a heart on it, wrote BFF. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I totally respect Taylor Swift, and yeah. I'm like, go girl. But I, as far as if I choose between the one or the two, if I had to buy a ticket, you told me they were both performing on the same night. Yeah, same price. I'm gonna go to Adele. Okay, fair enough. How are you? Uh, has anyone's has anyone's talent made you cry like Oprah has of Taylor Swift? Made me cry. Yeah. Wow. You mean as a singer or anything? Anything. This is going to be funny. I'll tell you what made me cry. Okay. I was watching um, E.T. Okay, this is silly, but I was watching E.T. Wait a minute. The movie or the, the movie. Entertainment Tonight? The movie. Not <laughs> okay. Entertainment Tonight. Yeah, no, not that show. And I remembered when I was young when E.T. came out and we went to the theater. And, you know, at the time I was a real church girl. We weren't allowed to go out. And when we went to movies, you know, our family, our parents always had to be with us. And E.T. came out. and That was a big deal. So my aunt and uncle took us to see this this alien, which my aunt thought, this, oh, this is so secular. Ain't no thing such as no aliens, you know. But we'll go to this E.T. So we go to E.T. And I remember as a kid, the scene when they're trying to escape the bad guys because they want to get E.T. back to his plane or back to his spaceship. Mm-hmm. And they're on the bikes. Mm-hmm. And the and I'm thinking, how are they going to, what are they going to do? How are they going to, and then all of a sudden they all go in the air. Yeah. That made me cry <laughs> because I remember that that was when my imagination, creativity for me opened up even more. 
I'd never seen. I thought that was so cool. Oh, wow. And to this day, I still remember that. And sometimes I actually get teared up, not just because of, I don't know, not because of the movie, but because of what it it opened up in me at that moment. Wow. Yeah. There's certain things as you watch as an artist that inspire you. That scene, for whatever reason, that that inspired me. This is this is what you and I were talking about last night when I gave you the whole riff about uh, the Andy Griffith show and why it was important to me. Is that you 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 put yourself in into the movie? You mm-hmm. put yourself in. You identify so strongly with with the the characters and what they're going through emotionally, and that's how you get bonded in television. That's how you get bonded to shows and bonded to characters, and that's what we're trying to do here uh, with Tracy's show is create that kind of experience about her life as a cruise director for the audience. Wow. Yeah, he's good for you. He is. <laughs> <laughs> we will see. <laughs> you know, this leads to actually something. Um, David, I saw what. Now, you must have some uh, an opinion on this. You know, the uh, the rapper 50 Cent. Fitty? Fitty? Of course. You know Fitty, I'm right? Fitty. Yeah, uh, you're not representing Fitty, are you? Not at this time. Okay, well, someone <laughs> I is. Hope to. Someone is. And did you hear he's got a sitcom deal? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, but yeah. he had a show. I want to say 50 Cent has a show on on Stars called Power. Okay. That's very successful. Yeah. So I'm not surprised. I'm not, and uh, I also, I'm not surprised. Nicki Minaj is. They're trying to put together a sitcom ABC about her. Family. ABC Family. Really? Yeah. 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 You know, if uh, this is all, this is all about the way Hollywood works, about the business of uh, of show business. Yeah. These people are are they bring a lot of money to their agencies and their agents are the one that they go out and help them sell these shows. And it's a testament to that the, 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 the agents and managers who are the guys who really run Hollywood uh, are incredibly resourceful and incredibly creative, and they try and fulfill their clients' wishes and desires. And I'm sure that in each 50s case and, uh, and Nicki Minaj's case, these are things they were passionate about. And they brought it to their agents or their managers, and they figured out a way to – to, to get to the networks, no, 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 every network guy wants to have Nicki Minaj coming in the door. Mm-hmm. You know, n- you know, nobody wants to say no to Oprah Winfrey when she walks in the door. Yeah, you know, and and, and the performers crossing over and representing projects uh, is a very good way to sell them. You know, uh, you, you 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 know, there's some people who come in. You know, I, I remember being I was head of comedy at CBS, and you know, Quincy Jones came in with a show. I didn't want to say no to Quincy Jones. I didn't want to say no to Q. Come on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, Norman Lear came in. I almost gave him a commitment with it before he opened his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and that you know, it's 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 the it, it it's it's shrewd management or or shrewd agenting uh, that led to those shows. Managers and agents, not excluding myself, <laughs> uh, are very underrated. Yeah. So could you pitch an idea that you don't believe in at all? Uh, I have often. You have often, <laughs> <laughs> but it's much harder. Okay, you know? uh, but the, the reality is there are a lot that, that in in comedy most you know, in the old days most shows were low concept. The the thing that Tracy's developing now is, is high concept. There's a really big big hook, like the show a few years ago about the town that was all alien, all aliens and just one one human family. Uh, those are high concept shows like Third Rock from the Sun, but shows shows like Roseanne or Home Improvement or Seinfeld, they're low concept. Seinfeld was such low concept that they used to call it a show about nothing. Right, right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and there, it's, these, are, these are really character comedies. 
They're not, they're not about the situation. Sit- sitcom is really a misnomer. They're really about the characters and the ability to bring the characters to life and make the audience identify with and care for the characters. It is, it's fascinating that someone can get a, uh, you know, I mean, I don't think of, I've never seen the show that 50 Cent did on another network, and I don't, I'm not really a fan of his music too much. So I don't, and I certainly don't know anything of him being funny. Curtis Jackson doesn't like you. Curtis Jackson, I'm sure he doesn't. I mean, I've, I'm pretty indifferent, you know, about, about him, but, um, it doesn't strike me as somebody that's funny. So when I hear that, you know, he's getting, he's getting, you know, he's going to have a show. Be, is he going to be the star? Or I don't know. Oh, I'm not sure. I think what I read is you'd appear sporadically. So, well, look at Mike Tyson. He's. I mean, who thought he'd be funny in movies and things? I mean, he's hilarious when they have him on screen and things. So I could totally see this. I could see Fifty doing that, being, yeah. being funny to get the right writers. He's a funny character. It's like I heard an interview recently. It was an old one. Uh, it was being replayed. It was a Howard Stern interview with uh, Michael Strahan, and it was at the time where he was getting. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's, you know, the guy's on TV yeah. seven days a week, right, just about, right. uh, you know, between the NFL uh, shows and then he's got the talk Kathy show with and we, no, or Kathy, Ke- Kathy and Kelly Ripa. Yeah. Michael and Kelly. Now, uh, the interview I was listening to, he had a sitcom. Do you remember that? Yes, yes he so did. He, for, he had a sitcom. And didn't he also have a, a, a regular talk show for a little second? Yeah, they second. tried. Yeah. A friend of mine created a sitcom. Okay. And that's interesting because it, then he's... In this description, this was like it was just about to come out. This interview I heard, and the, and Howard's asking him like, "Will you do you have any acting? No, nothing. No." Wow. And they came to you, and they want to they want to make you the star of your own sitcom. Yeah, yeah. yeah like he had the only closest thing to you know acting was what you know a pitch man in commercials. Uh, you know, a lot of shows are what we call personality shows. Yeah. Okay. You know, uh, I don't think anybody thinks, including himself, thinks Jerry Seinfeld can act. Mm-hmm. And Jer- Jerry would, would tell you, I'm not going to be a movie star. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, but he has a personality. And it, a half-hour television is very geared towards people with big personalities. Uh, o- over the years, that's why a lot of ex-athletes have done them, uh, mm-hmm. a, a, lot of, a lot of singers, people who are accustomed to, to c- being in front of an audience and being able to express themselves. Because they have, and they have personalities that jump through the gates. Mm-hmm. They're, again, they're, they're low concept shows. They're about the personality. Okay, that that makes sense. That makes sense. And you know, for the record, if people don't remember that Michael Strahan's show, I think lasted three or four episodes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah no, it was... I remember that. When yeah. it came, I was surprised. Brothers, it was called. I yes. Remember. yes. Yeah. I remember going. I remember seeing that first, like just the commercial, and I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, he does well on those other things. That's so, right. That's right. yeah, and he also talked about uh, the, um, you know, he's got a gap in his teeth, right. and it was like, and they asked him, like, are you ever going to replace that? It's like, well, no, now I'm, you know, trademark. Yeah, yeah. everybody knows him by that. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Like, uh, it'd be like if Letterman would have, uh, like, halfway through, uh, thrown in a little wedge right. there and covered it up. You can't do that. No, you got to keep that. What about Joel Gray's daughter? Huh? What was her name? Oh yeah, Jennifer Gray. Jennifer- had yep. had a nose job turned into a much prettier and way less employable girl. That's right. Yeah, yep. yeah. Now, if you had a client that wanted to do that, would do you would you interfere and go? Yeah, Dom, what are you talking about? It it, deba- it depends. It's hard. It's really hard to say without knowing the client and yeah, uh, and the circumstance and what the effect would be. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I'm not a big fan of plastic surgery, but uh, uh, people in show business, it's just it's a different thing. It's their livelihood. And it's a roll of the dice every time you do it. I mean, yeah. You know, Joan Rivers, ma- you know, made a living out of it. Uh-huh. But uh, everybody's different. I, um, 
I saw Tom Jones on TV last night. So, <laughs> well, you plastic surgery? I, I I would imagine several. Yeah, it's it's pretty tight. Wow. It's not unusual. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right, David. I should have. Uh, you have any some some stories that you, you uh that you know of his? Do you want to hear right now, Tracy? Oh, gosh, there's so many. Uh, I I don't want us to leave here and then we're like, oh, I should have had him. I can't remember right now. I okay. <laughs> Like, no, he's got so many great stories. Just from like, uh... I'll I'll tell a story. Okay. Uh, there's a guy named Chuck Lorre who's the creator of Two and a Half Men and uh, Big Bang Theory, and he's he's the biggest comedy writer in Hollywood. And when I was head of uh, Charlie Sheen's best friend, yeah. Well, they don't they don't get along anymore. No, I know. <laughs> once upon a time, anyway. Uh, and I was head of comedy at CBS. Chuck developed a show for us with with uh, Marcy Carcy and Tom Werner. Uh, and their production company, and it was called Sybil, and it starred Sybil Shepherd. Oh yeah! And we we opened up in the spring. Chuck wrote the pilot, which I I thought was great pilot. Uh, we it did six episodes, and it did really really well. The numbers were great, and uh, uh, Sybil got nominated for an Emmy for best actress in a comedy, and Christine Baranski got nominated for best supporting actress in a in a comedy. And I went. I took Chuck out to lunch to start the new season. We're going to do a whole new bunch of episodes. And the Emmys come l- last week in September. This was, uh, I guess, the end of August, and we were in, in prep. The, the shows, the shows premiere right a week after the Emmys. The new shows, the new seasons premiere. And Chuck said to me, he said, "Look what's going to happen, David. Uh, Christine is going to win Best Supporting Actress. Sybil is not going to win Best Actress, and I'm going to be fired within five weeks." He was wrong. It only took four. <laughs> oh wow! Why was wow. why he get fired? Because she didn't win, or because Sybil, Sybil had had the experience of, of being the star of this show called Moonlighting, oh, and yeah. she had this co-star named Bruce Willis who who broke out, and you know she destroyed she she shut the show down because she couldn't stand that he was the star and she wasn't, and she was would not allow that to happen That's to her a second right. time. That's right. And it did. It happened exactly as Chuck predicted. Amazing. Wow. I watched. I think I watched every episode of Moonlighting with yes. my mom. Yeah. Aww. Me too. Love that show. That was a good show. And well, oh, poor Sybil. Yeah. Do uh, Starstruck? You ever? Do you spend so much time with all these celebrities? You ever get stories of getting starstruck? There are a handful of people who you know who, who I'm awed by. Most of them. Uh, Nor- when I met Norman Lear, I was completely starstruck. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there there are very few. I've I've had the, you know, uh, mo- most stars in Hollywood are very insecure in private. And so it's it's not difficult to be around them professionally, mm-hmm. but uh, 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 I'd always wanted to meet Bill Cosby, uh, who was my my favorite. He was the first person I owned his albums, mm-hmm. and I knew you know I knew why is there air by heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, I finally met him, and it was he, he he couldn't have been less interested to meet me. <laughs> <laughs> well, hmm. okay, that's that that, and I I won't tell the rest of the story. <laughs> hmm. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he has some stories on that. Didn't one. didn't my, wasn't excited about meeting you, huh? No, Interesting. Well, being tactful. Yeah, no, I got it. If people want to hear other Bill Cosby stories, right. uh, Tracy right. told a very personal one uh, last time she was here. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But I never met him though. That's that right. The one I was. T- yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Hey, uh, you mentioned Seinfeld when you're talking about shows. Uh, you know, they're just kind of based on uh, the talent of the uh, guy. Did you? What do you guys think of that? He's I just heard he's got a uh, monthly shows. Beacon. Yeah, well, I, I love the Beacon. You know, it's up on it's up on Upper Broadway in Manhattan. 
Uh, you know, it's a great concert hall. It's a, it's the perfect, you know, it's about 2,500 seats, perfect place for Jerry. You know, obviously he's going to do well financially, but he's not doing this for the money. He's doing it because he wants to rebuild his act and he wants a place to express himself. And Jerry doesn't see himself as an actor or he still insists that he's just a stand up comedian. Uh And that's what he really enjoys doing. And you got to love a guy who has all the money in the world, who could do anything he wanted. And what he wants to do is stand up comedy. How great is that? Yeah. It is interesting, though, that uh, have you ever heard anything like that? He's these shows. What is it like six months, one show a month at the same place? No, yeah, it's an original concept. I think it's it's a great idea. I think it gives him time to 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 adjust material in between shows. Yeah, I think that's what he's thinking about, and so he can pace himself. But it's you know it, it's such an such it's right in the heart of the city. Uh, it's such a total New York experience to go to the Beacon. Okay, where 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 better could you see Jerry Seinfeld? Yeah, very cool. Can you book Tracy a gig like that? Tomorrow. <laughs> isn't, isn't there a theater next door to the Beacon? Yes, it's about five seats. Okay. <laughs> so, that. That's not enough. It's a, that. it's a luncheonette, actually. I can fill that easily. I'll give away donuts or something. I can fill that. There you go. Are you, uh, are you still selling your CDs at the shows, Tracy? Here, well, not this show, no? but normally, yeah, I do. Okay. I still have my CD, and I'm get, I am, I'm hoping that I can st- start working on a new one pretty soon. It, do you, you need to have that in addition to all this other stuff you're working on? Oh yeah, that's my goal. I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm not going to do it tomorrow, but I'd like to, you know, I'd like to uh, soon here. I'd like to start working on another oh, okay. CD. Yeah, okay. definitely. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I don't know. What do you? Do anything else you think we should mention here before we, uh, before we shove off here? Before just, we shove off on a cruise? No, no, I'm so excited. Just that I'm excited about tonight, and you know, I'm, I'm hoping that someday I can come back and have an interview with you about when you know. Remember when you know exactly? It's, it's someplace big, you know. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I, from doing this podcast now for for three years, I've been having those experiences here or there when guests come back. I'm like, remember a year ago we talked right. about that, and now you're doing it. So I'm, I hope so. Thanks. I, Thanks I for hope having so. me again. Maybe and I could. David. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Great surprise, you. David. My first podcast ever. Where if uh, if a um, if people, I do have one more question. Um, let's say there's some like 23 year old comic that's listening to this and is like, oh, okay, here's Tracy and she's got this certain level of success and she's got a manager. Uh, I want to get a manager. How do how do how do people do that? The way you get a manager is by appearing in a lot of comedy clubs and eventually appearing in one in New York or L.A. where there's somebody like me in the audience. Okay. Uh, but going to someone like me before you're ready uh, is not useful. Uh, there, there's there's a woman I represented, I no longer represent, uh, who I, I met about seven years ago. And I told her, come back in five years. She came back in, in five years and she was ready. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, she started building her career. She's, you know. Uh, um, she's on, on on an upward trajectory right now, and uh, she it just it, it takes stand up takes a lot of time. There are a handful of people, you know, the, they're yes, they're the Eddie Murphys who are already stars at at nineteen. Yeah, but they're you know, and and Gerard Carmichael's. But they're very very rare, uh, and most comedians don't you know don't get discovered until. Uh, until they're in their 40s or 50s. Yeah. You know, Seinfeld was only a household name in his, th- he was in his 30s by the time he got discovered. Uh, Rodney Dangerfield, right? Rodney Dangerfield, he, he you know, he was, sell- in his 40s, he was selling aluminum siding. 
Isn't that amazing? Uh, oh. I think his real name is George Roy, something like that. It's Rob Roy, and they won. Rob, it Rob Roy. No, something Roy. Yeah, because they won to cheat. They told him this is what made me nervous. They told uh, his name. I thought it was Rob Roy or something, but I know it was the last name was Roy. Rob Roy's a drink. Okay, well maybe it's John Roy or something like that. I don't know what it was named, but he, um, he, he, someone told him he had to change his name because you won't be famous with two first names. Ah. Yes. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and then that's how they changed it to Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. yeah. Tracy Dangerfield. <laughs> I like it. I like it, too. <laughs> Good idea. There we go. Crazy. Maybe that'll Dangerfield be one of the. Attorney at law. Right. Yeah, there we go. That'll be one of the changes for next year. Right. Yeah. That new license. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. Continued success, Tracy. Thank you, Justin. I'm so looking forward to it. And I, again, I so I'm so thankful to Acme Comedy for allowing me to do this. This is great. Damn right. You know what? And I'm going to uh, say one final thing here, uh, because last week we did a uh, Derek. Derek Hughes was here as the guest, and I was asking him about Thanksgiving because it was uh, the day before Thanksgiving, and he completely. I was like, well, "What's your plan? What are your plans for tomorrow?" And he didn't basically say anything about himself. He said, "I just want to take a moment and say that uh, we're going through a deal here with Andy Ritchie, a comic." Well, then he passed away like the next day. He did. Yeah. So. Yeah, that is hard. That's hard. Like I, I, I haven't been able to. Uh, like everybody put posts on Facebook and stuff about it and everything, and I haven't been able to even. I don't, I've, I've thought about it. I, I'm real. I'm really heartbroken over it because I knew Andy when I started comedy. That's when I met Andy, and Andy was starting. Okay. And Andy and myself and Maggie Ferris and Paul Pappas and Irv Santana, we were all in the finals of the Acme's Funniest Person contest. Oh, okay. And I remember we had such a. We, I, I just start. That's when I was just knowing him. We were all growing in comedy, so I've known Andy since I've started comedy. Wow! But I had no idea that it, that Andy was sick until okay. I saw a post from da- about Daniel Tosh had given money to. They had a GoFundMe uh, yeah. Andy's big headache. Yeah. So then I went to the page and I read and and I donated and I couldn't. I was just I was just you know I I, I couldn't believe it. And then I saw some pictures of Andy. And it's so hard. We were just my uh, Maggie and I were just talking about him last night, you know. And uh, it's still hard to wrap your your brain around this funny person. Yeah, he was so talented, Andy, and always just fun to watch. That it's just hard to think he's not. You know, he's no longer with us. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I I never met him, so I'm not gonna pretend that I did. But uh, well, he just no. He was well loved and well respected in in the community. And I want to say he was living in L.A. And that's probably another reason I hadn't seen him in years. Mm -hmm. But um. He was just, he was, when you saw Andy, you just knew this guy had it. Yeah. You know, and he had, and I've been to a lot of parties with Andy. Just, it was, it's, this is just, it's a hard one. It's, yeah. And we've lost a lot of comics in I'm, this community and it's, it's just um, hard. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I, so, uh, like I said, I didn't know him, but I couldn't go by without uh, acknowledging that. And well, I want, certainly condolences to peace. family and friends and yeah, you and may everyone. he rest in peace and yep. I, condolences to his family, his mom, to his fiance, his brother, you know. All of that, like I just, and I was thinking about James Moore. James Moore is a comic here who's really, you know, close friends with him since they were young. Yeah, I've been seeing that on Yeah, so I know it's got to be hard for James, so I'm sending out vibes to him too. Yeah. But yeah, Andy definitely will be missed. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Rest Mm -hmm. in peace.